Your reality is spiritual. His truth is His truth. And if we can align with God's reality, we will finally be living by reality. Well, today is a special day. Yes? I even wore a white shirt, and if you know um, anything about me, that's almost like a disposable shirt. It's like good for one wear <laughs> for me. Am I telling the truth? <laughs> so that's very special when you see me in a white shirt. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you that this is your day, and you have awesome incredible plans in it and that you've planned special things for everybody in here and especially uh, 11 people that want to physically declare your truth and hold their hands out for your blessing over their life. We ask that this would be a day filled with your water and filled with your fire. We declare it in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so I want to start just by telling you, I, I've I got a new hobby this year. I got a smoker for Christmas, and I've been smoking meats, wonderful meats. But the reason I bring this up um, is for an illustration, okay? I can go through a cookbook, and I do this. I have a couple of smoker cookbooks, and I'll go through deciding what I'm going to try next, and your mouth can water, and you can want it, and you can kind of imagine what that one will taste like, whether it's a jalapeno bomb or a brisket, right? Very different. And you can kind of imagine. But that's nothing like after you've smoked it and you take it out of there and you actually taste it. And the juice runs down your wrist and you taste that smokiness. I'm sorry, I'm making you really hungry, right? <laughs> There's no comparison between reading it in the, in the smoker book and tasting it. Right? And Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste, taste, and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. And I'm feeling like we just need to start right there, okay? If you don't realize that I'm already talking about baptism. Taste is a sense. Taste and see. He wants to be experienceable. He wants a relationship with you. You know, God, God is our Lord, our King is not a Gnostic. <laughs> he doesn't think it's evil that you're a physical being. In fact, it was his idea. Okay? He doesn't, he doesn't think that enjoying the river too much today is evil. He actually gave us nerve endings. And there's a blessing in walking into the water and feeling the shock of the coolness. <laughs> I'm already scared. <clears throat> <laughs> and being immersed and feeling the water wash over you, it's God's idea. He wants you to taste and see that he's good. We're going to talk about that this morning, but just notice for now that it says, blesses the man who trusts in him. You see, there's an element, and that, that's really what we're going to do this morning, there's an element of trust in the stepping so that you're physically participating in an obedience that gives him permission, that releases his blessing over it. Is that the truth? Okay. All right. Now, this week, is, I really had a hard time here. I came up with like a three-hour sermon because oh, it's so cool, and I haven't, you know, we, I don't think we've done bat, taught on baptism for a long time. And I felt the responsibility to talk about a few things. I've, over the past few weeks, I've had the privilege of visiting with um, almost every single one who's going to be baptized today. We had one added to the numbers this morning already, so that's cool. But everyone else, I've, I've sat down and I've had a meeting, and it's such a privilege to see a glimpse of their stories, first of all. In other words, to see God's stories acting on their behalf in their lives. Um, but it, it also brought a bunch of questions. So um, if it's okay with you, the first thing we're going to do, we're just going to talk about a few things that keep coming up. We're going to talk about baptism. And then there's something really incredible and awesome, that, something that's just going to bless all of us, and we're going to do that. So to start, I don't think you've ever seen me do this before. We're actually going to put up um, a piece of the doctrinal statement of, of, our, of our statement of faith. 
Okay, and if you want to go ahead and put that up, and you can just leave it there, okay, for as I go through this. Um, see, now, and this is cool because usually when I look at a doctrinal statement or a statement of faith or something, it's really painful for me. Because there's, a, there's always like, boy, if I could just switch that one word or if I could add three or four words, if, add this one phrase and, and it's perfect. But <laughs> I have to tell you, I looked at this one and it was not painful at all. I was like, perfect. It's absolutely perfect. So we're just going to look at this. It says, the Lord Jesus mandated two ordinances. And you know me, I'm going to have to teach as I go along. You know what an ordinance is, okay? It's a mandate. It's kind of like if you walked your dog, you were walking your dog over at the park, they could have an ordinance that says if your dog poops, you have to pick it up. It's kind of a lawful, it's a, it's a lawful authoritative thing that's mandated. It's an ordinance, okay? It says we have Jesus mandated two ordinances, baptism and the Lord's Supper which visibly and tangibly express the gospel. What did that just say? In other words, it's, it's, a, it's a physical participation, right? Visibly and tangibly, we are, we are expressing what's already true. Okay? And it goes on and it says, though they are not the means of salvation. Now, I'm going to show you this. I've had so many questions on this in the past couple of weeks leading up to this baptism. Baptism, just hear this. Baptism is not the means of salvation. Okay? I'm going to show you that. It's a physical act that declares the truth, and God says, when you do it, I bless it. That's, that's why we do it. Okay? And it goes on, when celebrated by the church in genuine faith, these ordinances confirm and nourish the believer. In other words, what? We believe God is actually in it, in presence. That when we baptize, when we walk into the river with these guys and girls, we are actually participating with the Holy Spirit in his activity actually doing something in that moment. Is that cool? Okay. See, and I just, I think it's important this morning to talk about, you notice the Lord's Supper was included in that. Why did Jesus actually sit down to a meal? You know what the, the Passover meal when he had the first Lord's Supper was like, he was explaining to them, guys, I'm about to institute the kingdom. In reality, I'm about to finish the work that makes the kingdom real for you. Well, you realize he could have said, guys, um, grab a spiral notebook and a pen. I'm going to give you the scoop, okay? Are you ready? But he, did, he had a meal. Why? He illustrated with bread and wine because he loves you. He loves you in body, soul, and spirit. And he, he wants you to taste the bread, feel the texture, swallow it. And it's the same thing with baptism, right? He wants us to participate, to declare with our bodies what's true because he made it true. Amen? Okay. All right. So the first thing, um, I just feel a responsibility to do this. We're going to look at salvation just briefly here, okay? Because you notice it said it's not the means of salvation. So, what, so in other words, do you need to be baptized to have your salvation? No. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you something. There's no rule book for baptism in here. Look as hard as you can, you will not find a rule book for baptism. I know a lot of rule books have been made out there, but it didn't come from here. (laughs) So go with me to Matthew 10 and verse 32. Okay, it says Jesus speaking. I love when he speaks. And this is his declaration of inclusion. Okay? In other words, salvation. Here it says, Therefore, whoever confesses me before men, him I will also confess before my Father who's in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, him I also will deny before my Father who's in heaven. Okay, now now listen what that said. In other words, confession. Whoever confesses him, he's saying, I, we're going to see in a minute, the one who has all power and authority in heaven and earth, confesses you before his Father in heaven. 
That's salvation. I want to tell you something um, that I just actually learned researching this week. I want to look at the word confession. You know, usually we look at that and, and we think that's like, you know, that's the, oh, woe is me. I'm so, you know, I'm, a, I'm an earthworm and, and I'm so sorry. And there is an element of that humility before God. Don't get me wrong. There are things to repent of. But this word confession, when you actually look at what it is, it's, a, it's an assent, okay, to assent to something. And it literally means in the roots of the word is acknowledge covenant. So listen, what this verse actually literally means is whoever acknowledges the covenant that I have with you before men, I also acknowledge that covenant before my Father in the throne room where all power and authority and salvation and freedom come from. That's what that scripture means. And, and that's, you know, that's part of baptism. They, um, everyone who's being baptized today knows that they're going to have a chance to declare, to say whatever they want, to acknowledge covenant, to say, this is why I'm here, this is what I believe, this is what I'm doing, if they want to. It, just by the act of walking into the river, they're making a declaration. Go with me to Romans 10, verse 8. And this will give us a real clarity, okay? Here it says, but what does it say? The word is near you. Now, who's the word? Jesus, logo. Jesus is the logo. So this is really, Jesus is near you. The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, what? If you acknowledge the covenant under which everything must bow, the covenant of the blood of Jesus, okay? If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, in other words, the fact that he is Lord, that he is the Son of God, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Do you, do you notice it doesn't mention baptism? <laughs> what does it say? If you confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Now, just in case, we're going to read on because it clarifies further. Verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. In other words, what does that say? It's with your heart that you believe yourself right into him. You believe yourself into righteousness. You know righteousness is a legal term, right? It's not something that you do or you're able to accomplish because you're neat or you do a great job. Righteousness is a legal term that he bought with his blood. He changes your status and you believe yourself into that changed status in your heart. Now we're talking salvation, okay? And it goes on and says, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's with your mouth you confess, you agree with, you declare the covenant of Jesus Christ and you're in salvation. That's it. It was really expensive and really hard for him. Free and really easy for you. Right? So if when we're down there baptizing and somebody feels the Spirit of God urge you, if you just need to take off running and jump in with us, come on. <laughs> I fully expect that to happen. <laughs> we'll be happy to dunk you. Okay, now I'm going to answer quickly. This is, I'm going to do three quick questions here. The second one is like, is why do we do this? I just want to cover why do we do this. The first one is in John 3 and verse 22. And that really, this is just going to show we do this. Um, Jesus is our pattern, right? Jesus did this. It says, after these things, Jesus and his disciples came into the land of Judea, and there he remained with them and baptized Jesus baptized. I know I'm cruising because there's a huge blessing and I want to get to it. So um, go, with, go to Matthew 28 and verse 16. 
I almost left verse 16 and 17 out, but you're going to see why I had to keep it. Okay, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee. Now this is after Jesus rose. He's been appearing to them. He's, he's establishing his army, his household, to go out and carry what he's doing. And the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. I just, I had to do that. I was going to take it out, but you have to see. They are seeing him. And he's, he's preparing them. He's speaking words over them. He's empowering. He's getting ready to send them out. And they're worshiping him, but some doubted. I just want to tell you something. I don't care how powerful whatever's going on in your life, whatever's happening in your church, in your home fellowship, in your family, no matter how evidenced the, the risen Lord is in that moment for you, you're going to have doubters. There are always going to be doubters. There are some worshiping and some doubted. Okay, but here's why we're reading this. Verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. We're going to keep reading there. Keep your finger there. But listen, it's so important you don't just pass over that. All authority in heaven and on earth is in him, was, has been given to him. So it is that one, your king, who speaks this next thing, and he says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. Now listen, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Who's with you? Jesus, the one who has all power and authority in heaven and on earth, is with you in making disciples. Not converts. It doesn't say make converts. It says make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. Why is it, okay, why is it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? I'm going to tell you. It's because in this baptism, in this family, you're baptized in the name of the Father. In other words, you're a son. You're declaring the covenant that you've been grafted into the nation of Israel. You've been, you've been adopted into his family. The spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. Okay? In the name of the Son. In other words, the, in other words Jesus was the final fulfilling prophet, priest, and king for everything. And you're declaring yourself into the covenant that it is his plan that you also are a prophet, priest, and king with him in the kingdom. You're baptized into the name under which all authority in heaven and earth has been given. Is that good news? And into the Holy Spirit. Okay? We're going to look at this more deeply in a moment, but, but you're baptized in the name of the Holy Spirit, the, the very presence, the very person of God available to us. Don't you know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> That's so faithful. I appreciate that. <laughs> Whenever it gets too quiet, that faithful voice comes out from over here. <laughs> Okay, now the other question that kept coming up this week from, from, ver from various places is how does the baptism of the Spirit fit into what we do today? And it's, it may be the most important thing you understand about all that's going on. It's the person of God is, that's here. It's the person of God that fills you, that seals you for redemption and fills you with himself for the call, for the, for the participation with him in your life. Okay, so go with me to Luke 7 and 28, verse 28. And this is um, Jesus speaking of John the Baptist, okay? And Jesus says of John the Baptist, For I say to you, among those born of women, there is not a greater prophet than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. What's Jesus talking about? Look, 
There's not been a greater prophet because, because he's all, it's a, this entire book is a progressive revelation of Jesus Christ, right? And here's John at right on the verge, right at the moment of Jesus' fulfillment of all of the feasts that institute the kingdom upon your life. And yet, the, the Spirit had not been given yet because Jesus had not gone to the Father, okay? So what this is saying is, the, is as great as John is, the greatest prophet, the least in the kingdom of God, the least who receives the very person of God, the very Spirit of God within them is greater than John the Baptist, it's of utmost importance to understand. Now, in Matthew 3, verse 7, John speaks of Jesus this time. And he says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Okay, we live in the time where the least of us is greater than John the Baptist because in the baptism of Jesus Christ, after his finished work, in other words, now in the institution of the kingdom, the Holy Spirit fills. We can have the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire and be filled with him. In John 3, 5 um, Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. This is not talking about salvation. This is talking about entry like we've been preaching about, te learning about for the last month and a half. The, the availability of the kingdom of heaven, entering the kingdom in, in reality, in the authority of your king, in the power of the calls that he has on your life. Okay, go with me to Acts 19 and verse 1. That's the last thing we're going to cover. We just want to be crystal clear. Because today what we're going to do, um, we're going to do the full baptism of Jesus Christ in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. We're going to baptize with water and immediately when they come out of the water, we're going to lay hands like the scriptures say and we're going we're, we're to pray for the baptism and the filling of the Spirit. I cannot imagine why it would be a good idea. I can't think of a single reason why it would be a good idea to baptize with water and then wait for some later date to move into the rest of the promise. I, it doesn't make any sense to me. In fact, back up. Let's do this. I'm sorry, Liz. Go back to Acts 8 and verse 14. Here it says, Now when the apostles were at... Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Now listen, it says, For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. I see the scriptures treat it like a problem and we're not going to purposely create that problem. In verse 17 it says they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Acts 19 verse 1. This is Paul at Ephesus. Okay, and here it says, And it happened when Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And so they said to him, We've not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So their response is, We haven't even heard of this. And, and so Paul says to them, Into what were you baptized? Can you, can you hear the tone of that? I mean, can you hear him? He's going, well then, what did you do <laughs> exactly? And they answer him and say, we were baptized, so they said, into John's baptism, okay? The baptism of water, the baptism of repentance. By the way, do you know what repentance means? Turn around, that's true. 
that's good. I mean, even just the root words, repent. Re is like again, and pent is like the root for like the highest place or like, like the penthouse apartment at the top of a skyrise building. Okay, so it's to return again to the highest place. That's repent. That's what happens when one turns to God. They return again to the very highest place in the universe you can possibly be. And then Paul's, um, verse 4, then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. In other words, this is really cool. <laughs> this is a great day. We believe that when we step in this act of obedience, that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are right there in the midst of it, touching these guys and women. Okay. Um, now I'm going to do something really cool. God's just given me something so cool. Um, so you know, you have heard from me um, so many times, I know y'all who are, who are regular here, you know this now, that everything that Jesus fulfilled in the New Testament, every single part of it, everything, um, you understand the entire Bible is the revelation of Jesus Christ from one glory to the next ever clearer in revelation, right? So everything in the New Testament is in shadows, ever-increasing clarity, shadows in the Old Testament, right? And which includes baptism, okay? Baptism, I'm going to tell you that baptism is throughout. Every time they pass through water, every time they cross a river, you're seeing a picture of God's baptism. Now, I'm going to show you this because it's leading to a gift that I believe God wants you to have today. Um, so one large example of this, okay, is when they're freed from Egypt, they cross the Red Sea. And what? It's, it's a baptism. It's a baptism of repentance. Why were they in Egypt? They'd gone into bondage because they'd strayed from God. They'd fallen away from him. And then they're baptized across the Red Sea. They go from bondage to freedom, right? There's always this blessing of from death to life, bondage to freedom. They cross the Red Sea. But now note, when they, when they made that river crossing on the edge of the Red Sea, they did not have the Ark of the Covenant with them yet, okay? God was before them in cloud and fire, right, by day and night. So it's, it's, this is the shadow of John's baptism, right, okay? Fast forward, they wander the desert 40 years. Moses has taken them across. Um, God basically vows we're waiting for a generation with more faith. Moses' generation shall have to pass away, right, before they're going to enter the promised land. So now we stand at the River Jordan. Joshua is taking over leadership, okay? Now bear in mind, now they have the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Testimony. They have the very Spirit of God and they have priests. Who's a priest in here? If you're not raising your hand, raise your hand. <laughs> They're bearing, you're the temple of God, okay? You're, you're a priest, a prophet, and a king with Jesus Christ. You're in him. In fact, you are the body of Christ in this place. You put flesh to the Spirit of God. Who's a priest in here? That's better. <laughs> They're bearing the Ark of the Covenant, the very Spirit of God this time in this baptism, in this river crossing. Now look, this time they're crossing from wandering and fruitlessness into being the dominion holders of the land. 
Okay, right, you see that? They're crossing into being the inheritance holders, the dominion holders, those who are authorized to be in the promised land and the production of fruit, the establishment of God's kingdom. Who wants in? Okay, that's what they're doing in this baptism, okay? And, and really, um, God gives Joshua one command. He basically, actually, we could put it up. Joshua uh, 1 and verse 9. The reins of leadership are being given to Joshua. And verse 9 says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid, now here it is, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now I just want to tell you something. This is identical to, what is it, Matthew 28, that we just read. I'm going to show you how this is identical in this baptism too. Yeah, Matthew 28. It's the same. In other words, what? God is telling Joshua, okay, it's time. Go, get up and go in the assurance that I'm with you <laughs> and, and go and make disciples. In other words, go cross over into the promise of what I have for you and take people with you. Make disciples, Right? And be of good courage. Don't be afraid because I'm with you. Okay, now hold that. I'm with you because that's going to become important in a minute. And go with me to Joshua 3 and verse 3. And I want you to bear in mind as we continue to read, this is a picture of God's baptism. Okay? Here in verse 3 it says, And they commanded the people, saying, When you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. So how do they know when to move? God's glory. They have their eyes on the Spirit, right? Otherwise, how do you know to move? Where do you move? You move where the Spirit of God moves. I have a feeling, now I have more than a feeling, I know for sure that's why 11 people are being baptized today. They see the Spirit of God moving in their life, and so they're, they're going with him. They're going into the river. Okay? Now listen, it, gets, it just gets better and better. It goes on and says, yet there shall be a space between you and it. Why? About 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you've not passed this way before. Now, now listen to me. In other words, he's telling them, you, you keep the Ark of the Covenant out in front of you. In this baptism, when it moves, you move. Otherwise, how do you know where you're going? Okay? Notice the words, he says, because you've not passed this way before. Now listen, I'm not just talking to those that are being baptized today, but every single one of you. Do you know that God wants to take you places you've never been before? We, we go over it all the time here. You might be tired of hearing me say it. He is bringing you from glory to glory, from faith to faith. He is ever increasing himself in you because he loves you so much that he's ever increasing you. In other words, he wants to take you places that you've never been before. And there's only one way you go there. You keep your eyes on the Spirit, and when he moves, you move. You keep him right here out in front of you, and you go where he goes because you've not passed this way before. He loves you so much, he wants to blow your mind every day for the rest of your life. <laughs> he wants to take you somewhere every day that you've never passed this way before in the, in the Spirit of God. In verse 5, it says, And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves. We don't have to leave that all theological and weird. What's that mean? Separate, set yourself apart. That's all it's saying. Set yourself apart for me, for this purpose, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Other translations say amazing things. Tomorrow, he's going to do amazing things. Now, I want to point out to you that in this picture of baptism, the amazing things that are being spoken of in this case are actually in the baptism. <laughs> it's actually, not that he's going to do amazing things in the promised land too. Don't worry about that. But 
in the river crossing itself are the amazing things that, that he's talking about here. And then Joshua, let's see, I'm in verse 6. Then Joshua spoke to the priests saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Okay, now look, verse 7. Oh, this is good. Lord, bless this. Bring your spirit of wisdom and revelation. Here in verse 7, And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Are you hearing the same thing, with you? First of all, let me just put this out there. There's different ways you can think of with, okay? Let's say you're with, um, you're with a buddy of yours, and he's a wimpy guy like me. So he's there with you, and you're like, you're going to cross this raging river, okay? And he says, he says, uh, Sure, man, I'm with you. Kind of like, like the idea of like, go for it. I'm with you. I'm right here. That's one type of with you, okay? That's not God's, what he means when he says with you. When God says I'm with you, he means I'm with you in this purpose. All of my power, all of my authority, all of my love over you that makes this happen is with you. That's God's with you, Okay? And, and it begins by saying, this day I will begin to exalt you. Now, I've been having conversations with some of you. I'm not even going to look up because I don't want to single people out. Where you're sensing that God's exalting you and it's making you uncomfortable. Raise your hand if you know that God wants to exalt you. That's pretty good. If you don't have your hand up, raise your hand. <laughs> See, physical acts of obedience release the Spirit of God. <laughs> if the person next to you didn't raise their hand, raise their hand for them. <laughs> That's where we stick together in the body of Christ. He wants to exalt you. Now look, I know you're sitting there going, oh, I thought it was humility. Believe me, it is. If you don't approach the Holy Lord your God with humility, you're not being exalted. <laughs> okay? But he wants to exalt you. Now I'm going to tell you what exalting is. It's right here in the passage. It says, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. It's a public thing. It's a community thing. That they may know that as I was with Moses, so I'll be with you. Did you hear it? What is being exalted? Being him being with you. There is no other exaltation, okay? <laughs> At least not one that's worth a hoot. Being exalted is, is God in greater measure being with you on this thing. That's being exalted. And yes, he wants that for you. Yes, you will need great humility <laughs> if you're going to have that exaltation. But that's his plan over you. All right, that's the introduction. Here's the good stuff. <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> this is really the part that I couldn't skip those because they were so good and God just kept speaking in it. But this is really the word that I think he wants you to have on this celebration day of baptism. Um, in verse 9, it goes on and says, You shall command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant, saying... When you have come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. It sounds like a simple sentence, like there's not much going on there, okay? And I want to tell you something. That's a really powerful sentence. In other words, what's going on here? You realize they really have to do this. I just learned this last week, by coincidence, right, that this, was, this is flood stage, the time of year that they're, that they're having to cross this river. This is the hardest time ever. It would be scary. In some ways, it would be terrifying. You've got to remember also, the priests are the ones that are carrying the glory of God. They're carrying the spirit, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, on poles. It's not light, it's not easy, and they're supposed to cross this river. And God specifically says to them, 
When you've come to the edge of the water of the Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. Now, if you're going to get the power of this, you have to kind of put yourself there. Imagine yourself. You're one of them. You walk up to the river, and he's saying, you're going to have to step in. Like, in reality, you're going to have to be carried. You're going to be in your place in the, bo- in the temple, in the body, the carriers of the ark, as the priests that you are, and you're going to have to step into the water. That's a physical action. You understand, we're already talking about that's, that's a physical declaration of faith, of, of an of a internal, of an interior faith that you have in God being physically declared with a step. You see that? Now look, it goes on. I'm going to skip to verse 13, okay? And it says, And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priest who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. Now listen. Does God need them to do anything to release his power to make the waters stand back as a heap? No. But why does he command them to do this? I'm just, I'm just going to give you, he wants to give you something this morning. Simple acts of obedience in response to his truth, in response to his voice, are what releases the authority and the power of the, of the throne room of heaven over your life. Okay, when, when the, they actually have to do this, when they feel the shocking cold of the water, when their foot slips on that slippery stone and they're trying to hold the Ark of the Covenant, It's that act of obedience. It's that simple obedience, a physical declaration that the the truth of God, what God says speaks over me, what he says is true, or what he's calling me to, or what he's asking me to pray over, to have a breakthrough for my family or someone else, for me. What he's asking me to do, there's always a step. I'm telling you, there's a step of obedience There's a physical declaration of belief in him that releases. He doesn't need you to do that. You need to do that. It positions you. It brings you into a place with God where, where his power is released on behalf of the will that he's trying to bring about in your life. When the soles of their feet step into the water, when, when these guys and girls step into the water today, when they physically declare something that's already true, that they are saved, that they confess the covenant of Jesus Christ over their life, they're participating in a physical act that releases the power of God over their life in reality. And I'm going to tell you that this principle, this is a kingdom principle. This is God's kingdom principle. This is not just true about baptism. Yes, it's occurring in a shadow and a picture of baptism all the way back here across in the Jordan. And you're going to see it today with your own eyes. And for those that are in the water, they're going to taste the water. <laughs> but it's, it's true over your life. It's a kingdom principle. He calls you to mighty things that are far beyond your capability. He calls you to to things for the glory of the kingdom of God that are so far beyond anything you could yourself do that it's going to blow your own mind. (laughs) Okay? But I'm going to tell you that every single time it's going to take a physical declaration. He's going he's gonna to honor you. He, he loves you so much that he respects you. He's going he's gonna to bring it about because you step in a seed of faith, okay? It's a simple obedience that releases heaven to act on your behalf, to open the door, to make the breakthrough, to make the waters that are in your way stand as a heap. 
so that you are one who executes the will of heaven in this place. They actually have to do this. You see, like, I'm, I'm already scared about today, okay? I'll tell you, um, every once in a while, you know, as a family, we try to be faithful to get away to, um, even if it's just for one night or for two days or something, and we'll go to a hotel, and of course, Jonah loves the swimming pool, and um, it's most fun when dad's in the pool with you playing, right? But, and he's awesome. He's the bravest guy ever. You get down to the pool, he just takes off running, and, uh, you know, and he jumps in, and then he's going, come on, dad. And I'm, I'm always the one standing there on the edge of the pool going, Ooh, <laughs> sticking my big toe in, right? Going, that's frostbite water, son. <laughs> I have to work it up like, I'm going to get in, I'm going to get in. <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> and you have to almost, really, if you're going to get the power of this, you have to almost picture that. They were, they were doing that. They're standing there. As carry, who's a carrier of the Holy Spirit of God? Good, you're all getting this. That was better. <laughs> They're actually standing there on the bank of the river. And I'm sure, that, like I know if I was one of them at least, I'd be standing there going, I can do this, okay? <laughs> I've got my pole, right? And I'm telling you, God creates those moments in your life. And the way you respond to those moments has everything to do with how God is going to break out on behalf of you because he loves you. He doesn't need you to do anything for his kingdom. He's eager for your obedience, for your physical participation in acts of obedience because he wants to share the glory. He wants you to be a part. He wants you to be a carrier of his glory. And when you step into the, to the cold water, I can do this. When you step in faith, he can release everything he has for you. Thank you, Max. <laughs> Max is going. <laughs> Who's going? <laughs> Who wants to be baptized today? So you don't make fun of me when we're on the river and you see me standing there going, I can do this. <laughs> this is a special moment. <sighs> huh? Am I stalling? Oh, <laughs> I said, don't make fun of me, Liz. <laughs> I was going to wear my wetsuit. Full body wetsuit with hoodie and booties. But then I thought, everyone who's baptized, they'll just remember for the rest of their life me looking like a penguin. That's all they'll remember about. <laughs> oh, no, maybe I won't do that. <laughs> waiters? <laughs> oh, waiters. Yeah, there you go. I didn't think of that. <laughs> but then, of course, I would look really silly because then there'd be Jonah and all of his bravery just running into the water and I'd be wading out there. <laughs> okay, I believe God wants to give you something right now. So if you're, if you're comfortable with this, just, just open your hands like this. Just be open. And if you're comfortable, close your eyes. Take some deep breaths. The Spirit of God is always with you. But ask him to make himself real, make his presence. Come, Holy Spirit. Okay, now I want you to think of one thing that you are trying to break through or move ahead in your life or one thing that you're certain that he is calling upon you. He's bringing into your life and asking you to carry that glory. Okay? You're holding that glory. You've got a hold of the pole. And you're on the bank of the river. I want you to see the details. What does your river look like? Can you feel the wind? Can you see the water? 
And the Spirit of God says, step. Step into the river. Father God, I thank you that we are your inheritance. We thank you for your amazing, unstoppable love over us. We thank you that you give us the privilege of participating. We are so honored that it's our feet, that it's the soles of our feet that you call to step into the river. And Father God, I declare victories over every person in this room right now. I declare that, that this step that you've been waiting for in their life, that this is the day of break, break free. This is the day of a baptism over whatever that situation is in their life, Lord. That they would, that they would be empowered by your spirit to believe that they would step into the river and that 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 act of obedience I declare in the name of Jesus that the that the authority of the kingdom of heaven is being released over their situations over themselves over their families over this person that they're praying for and we thank you in faith we we are receiving the gift that you've been trying to give and I ask, Lord, that this would be a house, this would be a body of Christ that just has continued obedience. Make us a people of such delight in you that, that obedience becomes our natural inclination because we can't wait to see the next authority, the next power that you're releasing over our lives. That the light of your kingdom is breaking through on behalf of this entire community. In the name of Jesus. We pray these things. We love you, Lord. Amen.